0: Good morning oh that was good how's everybody doing it is yeah i see you aaron with a big smile on your face i see that that's awesome thank you for that it is good to see you all it is good to be here to be together again i uh i don't know about you but i i think over the past few days i think i've eaten enough sweets and cookies to wear a man out um i didn't think that was possible and then i tested the limits of that uh over the weekend and i promise you there comes a point where there are limits to how many sweets you can have and I have I have hit that limit. Um, I stand before you as a man sweating sugar uh, at this current moment and um, and if you don't believe me you can come no I'm kidding don't don't do that uh, but anyway uh, if you're here today thank you welcome I'm glad and grateful that you're here glad and grateful that you're with us uh, just going to try to ease into uh, this morning this being the Sunday after Christmas, and man, I got to tell you, it is so good to look around this room and see some familiar faces we've not seen in a little while, some folks that are back with us, that's wonderful, Uh, looking around the room and just, um, man, I see a a newly married couple back with us, Uh, Jared and welcome back, Uh, had an opportunity to celebrate uh, their marriage uh, a week ago, right, and and here they are back as a newly married couple, and then they're smiling and happy, and that's good. And so praise God for that. Um, and this morning, uh, just thankful for them, and thankful for the opportunity that uh, to see so many wonderful things happening in the life of our church and the joy that that comes with marriage. So it is good to have you guys back with us. Uh, man, I tell you, it is the Sunday after Christmas. Um, Honestly, uh, Advent came and went quickly, so this almost feels like Christmas Sunday again, so let me add one more time. Merry Christmas to you all, and I pray that this was a very special weekend for you. I know this weekend was a special one for, for us. I pray that yours was special as well, whether you spent it uh, with just family, with friends. Um, either way, I pray that you just had the opportunity to just to sit down for a moment and celebrate the birth and, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and I got to tell you the past couple weeks here in the life of our church they have been incredibly busy uh, days here for us but I have to tell you they ended wonderfully um, over the weekend with the celebration of Jesus Christ that we saw through our Christmas Eve service and as we've already seen this morning and man I want to tell you that as we Now move past Christmas, and I know I'm saying this to the choir this morning, and I know you know this already, man. I simply want us to focus on the simple truth that really every Sunday is Christ Sunday. So when we think about Advent and and what we've gone through with Advent, the, the hope that is found in the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the hope that one day he will return, man, we live in that celebration every Sunday when we gather. We praise the Lord because of what he has done we praise the lord for what he is doing and, and we praise the lord for the hope that we have in him you see every week when we gather we gather for the purpose of praising the name of our lord and savior jesus christ and i want to go ahead and tell you uh, spoiler alert if you were paying attention to the scripture reading today if you were paying attention to the music today you just heard the sermon okay Um, At this point, I feel like we could probably just move into communion, move into doxology, and move on uh, with our day. But if you would, just spare me a few moments. I want to encourage you based on some of the things that we've already sung about, things that we've already heard, read from the Word. You see, whether we are singing hymns or whether we sing the doxology at the end of our service or whether we're singing Christmas songs during the Advent season, whether we're reading the Word, whether we're hearing the Word preached, all that we do as a part of our service should ultimately point us to the goodness and the grace of God. So you see, as Christians who gather For the purpose of praising the name of the Lord, our reality should be this. And instead of leaving church asking our children, did you have a good time today in church? Or instead of leaving church and asking our children, did you have fun at church? Maybe we should be asking one another, and our children included, how did you praise God today? You see, as we wrap up another year and we look to... Really, a new year. My hope and my prayer is that the good news of Jesus Christ would be on our hearts and on our minds as we work towards 2022 together. In other words, my prayer and what we're going to see this morning in our text is that we would join with all of creation today, that we would lift our praise, or if you will, lift up our our hallelujah to the only one who is worthy of our praise today. And his name is Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, I want to encourage you to join with me in Psalm 148. And as you will see this morning through this psalm, we will see that we are called with all of creation to praise the name of the Lord. Again, we are in Psalm 148. If you have found your place in the word, if you can and you are able, I would invite you now to stand in honor of the reading of the word of God. Now again, this is Psalm 148. In Psalm 148, the psalmist writes, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Man, let's pray together. Father God, we come before you right now thanking you so much for this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have today to be in your house, to be able to just worship you. God, what a joy it is coming off of Advent season, celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the joy, the hope, the love and the peace that you have brought Father, we thank you for the hope of knowing that one day you will return. And Father, as we've already read today and as we've sung about already, God, I pray that we would continue to praise your name. For you alone, oh God, are worthy of our worship. You alone are worthy of our praise. So Father, as we continue to move in this time together and as we study your word together, Father, May our hearts cry be to praise you. Father, we say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now prepare our hearts for your truth. For it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Now what we have before us this morning is a hymn of praise that really follows the structure of most of the traditional hymns that we see throughout Psalms. You see, there are actually... Two stanzas that are found in Psalm 148, but for our purposes this morning, we're actually going to break this psalm up into three distinct sections that are ultimately going to call for praise to our Lord God. You see, the call to praise God is going to then be followed by reasons why we should praise God. So whether we see the heavens above or the seas and the land below or the inhabitants in between, hopefully we're going to see that we are all called to praise the Lord. You see, as Christians today, we are called to celebrate the coming King, the King who has come, and the King who will come again. So this morning, I hope that we see that we are to offer our hallelujah, or that we are better yet to offer our praise to the Lord. First, I would like you to see in verses 1 through 6 that we are called to praise the Lord from above. We read these words, praise the Lord from above the heavens in verse 1. You see, since God came in the form of man through Jesus Christ from heaven to earth, and then he ascended to heaven again at his glorious resurrection, the psalmist now calls for praise to come from the heavenly beings themselves. You see, Jesus Christ, at his birth and then again at his resurrection has done something that no heavenly being or earthly being has ever done before. So the psalmist says and begins with those that are seated around the throne. He says to those created to do the bidding of the Lord, those who are in the heavenly realm, he now calls upon them to praise God. Now, I want you to pay attention for a moment because the psalmist here is is not calling them to do something that they are are not already doing, but rather he calls upon them as those who were already praising the Lord from around the throne. Excuse me. Our text continues. And the psalmist says, Praise him in the heights. Now, really, for us this morning, there are two meanings here. One meaning is that that we are to praise him from the highest heights where the Lord himself dwells. The second would be that we are to praise him with the loudest and highest notes that can be raised. You see, as those who are here on this earth, if you look at the second meaning, it literally means that we are, to, we are called to shout with praise the name of the Lord and the goodness of God. Notice notice, there's not supposed to be any timid singing when it comes to praising the Lord. So if your concern is the way you sound, then please understand that Psalm 148 gives you the license to shout praise to the Lord regardless of what you sound like because to the ears of our Lord that joyful noise is beautiful and he desires to hear it You see, when you look further into the text and you get into Gospels, we literally see this praising the Lord from the highest of heights being played out in Luke chapter two, verse 14, when it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. So whether in the highest of heavens or in the loudest calls for praise, the point is still the same. Our goal is to join with the heavens and praise God. The psalmist continues in verse 2 and he says, Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Again, this is not a call for heaven to start worshiping the Lord. This is already being done by the angels and by the hosts, but rather, this is a call for us to join with the praise that is already taking place. You see, both the angels and the hosts, in them, we see a company that really cannot be counted. In them we see a company that that cannot be measured, but one thing we know is that all of them are praising the Lord together. Now these beings that we read about in Psalm 148 are constantly in the presence of the Lord. These beings continue to behold the face of the Lord, so there is nothing left for them to do but praise the Lord. But i want you to pay attention to something notice they are not gathered as a jumble mess around the lord rather when we see the word hosts here the picture that we are given is of a massive army encamped around the throne in perfect columns and they are worshiping the lord Again, you flip over to Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 13. We see it again where, where it's recorded. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. You see, the heavenly realm has formed as an army around the throne. And what are they doing? They're praising God. So we have to ask ourselves this moment, what can we learn from just these first two verses? What can we learn from this moment? And the answer is this, that even in the heavens, all of the angels, all of the hosts, the great armies of heaven still have God at the center of who they are. And God is the very center of their worship. So when it comes to us, is God the center of who we are? When it comes to our worship, is God the center of our worship? Or is our worship about us? We get to verse 3 and we see that praise now comes from the sun and the moon and all you shining stars. Now, I don't know about you, but many have asked at this point, how can these beings praise God? Well, the answer is simple they praise the Creator because they are doing the job that they were specifically created to do by God. You see, the sun gives us light by day, probably more so in Florida than in places like Seattle or London. The moon at night reflects the sun and therefore gives light. We know that this, the sun itself helps our crops to grow. It gives warmth. It helps humans see. It provides the warmth during the day and even the coolness in the evening. And they do this because that is what God created them for. Even the stars themselves for mariners, and for travelers were used as guides to help people to know where they needed to go, where they were, and where they were traveling. But pay attention here, because the sun and the moon and the stars, they were not meant to be worshipped themselves, but rather they were created to do a specific and powerful job in order to point people to the one who created them, and he is the same one who deserves all praise and all worship. Verse 4, we see, you highest heavens and waters above the heavens. In other words, we see all that was created in heaven were created by the handiwork of God. Therefore, they reflect his power, his wisdom, and his goodness, and thus he deserves to be praised for what it is that he has done. Psalm 19, verse 1 tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. You see, the heavens, if you will, this this created space now declares God's glory by doing what it is that God created it to do. But then, when you come back to our text in Psalm 148, and you read the phrase, the waters above the heavens. Well, when you read this phrase, it goes with what God did and created order, which we read about earlier in Genesis 1, verse 7. It says, and God made the expanse, and he separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. So when you read Genesis 1, 7, and you look back at our text in Psalm 148, the psalmist now is praising the Lord even for the clouds that bring us rain. I mean, think about that for a moment. When was the last time you praised God for rain? And I'm not talking about droughts when you're hoping crops will grow or grass will grow. I'm talking about when you're on I-75 hoping for a clear day and all of a sudden the bottom falls out. When was the last time we praised the Lord for that moment? You see, I want you to think about this when it comes to clouds. Maybe this, is, maybe this is something we need to talk to our children about as well. You see, these rain clouds, they are bound up with water. And they are carried from one place to another. And they are not allowed to fall so hard that it would crush man under the weight of the water. But rather they are held, they are moved, and they are poured by the good pleasure of Of God. And so that's why the psalmist says, Praise you, waters above the heavens. You see, because even when the clouds give rain, do we recognize that these clouds are the good pleasure of God? That they represent the good pleasure of God and, and how they work. Do we see that when we see clouds and it doesn't rain, do we see that they are now being withheld by his grace for our protection, but ultimately by his provision? We move from there into verses five and six and we get the why the heavens from above proclaim the name of the Lord. We see phrases like he commanded and they were created. He established them forever. He Gave a decree and it shall not pass. You see, here the psalmist teaches us that the heavens praise God because he is the one who made them. God spoke and all of the heavens came into existence. You look at Paul's words to the church at uh, the, the Colossians in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, he says, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Again, you come back to Psalm 33, verse 6 and verse 9, and we read these words. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breadth of his mouth all their host. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. You see, the heavens praise God because they were created by God. They consist in God. And now we see that they will remain as long as God allows. You see, for us today, we need to realize that the heavens above praise the Lord because they were created for a purpose. They were created for a purpose, and they will last as long as the Lord allows. And so do we, as Christians, do we, as God's chosen people, do we praise him because we realize that we, too, were created for a purpose? And we will live out that purpose as long as the Lord allows. You see, as God's creation, we were created by God. As a part of God's creation, we too consist in God. And as God's creation, we will remain as long as God allows. You see, for these reasons, the heavens praise the name of the Lord. And so what about us? Will we join with the heavens and praise the name of the Lord? We move from there into verses 7 through 10, and we see that we are called to praise the Lord from below. Our text tells us in Psalm 148, praise the Lord from the earth. Here the psalmist declares that praise should resound from all the creatures of the earth because they were made to praise and honor the Lord. In fact, it goes on to say, you great sea creatures and all deep you see even the most magnificent creatures of the deep are to praise the name of the lord now I want you to think about that for a moment i mean when was the last time you were out over open water and just were mesmerized by the creatures of the deep and what god has created when was the last time we realized that upon looking at these animals god created them for a specific purpose I'm going to tell you one of, the, one of the things that I just love in my life, it's one of my favorite places to go, is the aquarium. I mean, when was the last time anybody's been to the aquarium? I'm going to go and tell you, I love the Florida Aquarium for so many reasons. But one of my favorite is I love the fact that they have those tanks that literally your eye level with the, the water, you know what I'm saying? And the fish will come up, and I love it because when kids like put their hands on the glass, it's like they're trained. They splash the children. It's awesome. Okay, I just love that. And then there's this sinking part of me, the good old Georgia boy in me that thinks, man, if I had a fishing pole right now, we could have some fun. I mean, that'd be great. I mean, just just imagine how easy fishing would be. It's in a clear glass case, and I can see what's happening. That would be awesome. But one of my favorite places to go beyond the Florida Aquarium is the aquarium in Georgia. You see, I love that aquarium. If you ever get a chance to go to the Georgia Aquarium, man, I... I highly encourage it, okay? If you want to go do the dolphin show, okay, go do your thing. All the dolphins do is they flip out of the water a few times, they flip a few people out of the water. We've seen it, okay? We've seen it. What I'm going to encourage you to do is, is go into the deep voyager section. Because what I love about that section is you start to go downhill, and as you start to go downhill, you realize that as you are going down, the water level is going up. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself just enclosed in glass and praise God that they have a walking little escalator right there because otherwise you'd just be frozen in wonder so thankfully they figured out the only way to move people through this thing is to put them on a thing that moves them and so as you're moving through and I have to I I have to stand on it because otherwise I'm not going anywhere but there's all sorts of fish and sharks and they're swimming around you. Well, what, what ends up happening is you get on the other side of this glass and you get into this massive room, probably about the, the size of our sanctuary, honestly, and in front of you, one of the walls, 30 feet high, is nothing but glass and just open water. And you can literally sit at the feet of this glass, at the base of it, and just stare into open water. And then the most beautiful thing happens you see fish you see sharks but then you see one of the most magnificent creatures of the ocean you see whale sharks you see i don't know if you know this about whale sharks but whale sharks are actually the largest fish in the world They range in size anywhere from 18 to 32 and a half feet long. Yes, I paid attention at the aquarium. That's roughly the size of the average school bus, in case you're wondering. And these things just move through the water with grace. The coolest thing that I learned and kind of a gift I wish I had around Thanksgiving and Christmas is this. They can open their mouths up to four feet wide talk about consuming food and yet here they are for them right before your very eyes and in that moment of sitting on the floor just watching them and thinking i'm reminded that god created that god created that fish That animal was created for a purpose and its purpose is to worship God. Coming back to our text in Psalm 148, we see words like fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Now to kind of help you break this section down, the fire here would be more like lightning, similar to what destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. The hail would have been the frozen water that fell from the skies, which would have been similar to one of the plagues during the days of Pharaoh when Moses came and asked for the people of God to be freed. And so in this fire and hail, we see powerful elements that really are just a small display of the power and the wonder that is God. From there, we see words like snow and mist. Now, these words are words that can be raised and and sent by the very word of God. These are gifts of God. Gifts meant to be beneficial. Snow and mist used to be thankful to God for what God has done. From there, we see the word stormy wind. And in each of these things, they are fulfilling his word. Now these stormy winds can be raised and sent by the very word of God. Sometimes this stormy wind in the word brought judgment like when the storm battered the ships during Jonah's disobedience. And yet sometimes this stormy wind would bring grace when it was quails that were brought from the oceans to the middle of the desert in order to feed the people as they wandered in the wilderness. So whether in power or in grace, we see that God controls the raw power of nature and in the midst of it all it is God who is being praised because he is the one that has designated nature for its purpose verses 9 and 10 tells us words like mountains and hills fruit trees cedars beasts livestock creeping things and flying birds Here we see that all the lands were created by God again for his praise. These lands were created to produce minerals, crops that we use today, trees that provide shade, cedars that are used to build stuff by man, animals that were meant to be eaten, and even the animals that decay are then turned back into good nutrients. In other words, what we have in verse 9 and 10 is all living things serve the purpose for the good of man, but ultimately point man back to the glory of god so whether the largest of reptiles down to the smallest of worms in all of creation we see the incredible workmanship of god and because of it god is the one who deserves our praise so i want to ask you this morning man when we look upon the lands when we look upon the animals when we look upon nature or created order Do we see the wonderful handiwork of God in all things? Do we praise God for what it is that we see? Do we praise God for how it is that he holds all things in proper order? You see, because God can hold all, God has dominion over all. Therefore, the call of creation, both in purpose and song, is to praise the name of the Lord. So I want to ask you, will we join with the land and the creatures below and praise the name of the Lord in our work and in our purpose? From there, we move to verses 11 through 14, and we see that we are to praise the Lord from the peoples. Now, I don't know if you've picked up on this yet in our three different sections, but I want you to notice that the order of creation is pretty much being observed throughout this entire account through our text. So as we conclude this morning, we see that now mankind is now called upon to join in the praising of our Lord. Notice this section begins with the kings of the earth and all peoples, princes, and all rulers of the earth. You see, here we're told that it is God who sets up and puts down kings and kingdoms. It is God who sets up governments and God who allows them to issue decrees. So in our text, we see the, Psalm call, the psalmist call for the people. All kings and all leaders to praise and worship God because the God who created all things is also the same God who has now established them in the positions that they currently hold. And so at the same time, as God's people, we are now called upon to pray for our leaders we are called to pray for the leaders that we don't like. You may not like who's in charge, but as a Christian, you're called to pray for them. You're called to pray that they would lead and speak in such a way that would bring glory and honor to the one who allows them to hold the position that they are currently in. And so I want to ask you this morning, man, do we pray for our leaders? And this isn't just our, our, our national political leaders. I'm talking about our local leaders as well. I'm talking about our local authorities. Do we pray for them? Maybe I need to bring this down even further. Do we pray for our church leaders? Or do we seek to persecute them? The psalmist goes on from there and he speaks of the young men and the maidens together, old men and children. We see here that the young are called upon to praise God for their strength. They're called upon to praise God for their intelligence. And the maidens are called to praise God for their beauty because they are able to serve the Lord in their work. The old are called upon to praise the Lord because of their experience of the goodness of God and the grace of God that they have already seen throughout their lives. And so they are called to use that experience to point people to worship the Lord. So I want you to see something from this phrase. Whether you're young or whether you're old, you still have a call to praise the Lord. You still have a call to be a part of the local church proclaiming the name of God and teaching the ways of God to the children. So let me say to you this morning, if you're here today and you're struggling with purpose, if you're here today and you're struggling with heartache, if you're here today and you've been praying, God, what am I to do? Lord, what have you called me to do? God, I don't know what you want me to do next. I am just sitting here in the midst of frustration. Then let me tell you right here in Psalm 148, here it is here is your purpose you are called to praise God right where you are you're here in church praise God you go to work praise God you go to school you may not like it praise God That is our purpose. So if you don't know anything else, know this. You were called to praise the Lord. So if all else fails, just stop and praise God. And in that moment, you will be fulfilling your purpose. Verse 13, we read, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Here the psalmist reminds the people that God's nature, God's perfection, God's wondrous works and the blessings of his goodness, grace, and providence are to be worshipped by his people. You see, all people, all of us today need to see our God who is excellent in power. We need to see a God who is excellent in wisdom, who is excellent in goodness and truth and faithfulness and is perfect in every aspect of his nature. You see, this is the God that we worship. He is the God who is in control of all things. Verse 14 tells us that he has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. The psalmist here closes by reminding us that, man, when we praise God for who God is, then we will be strengthened because we know his grace, we know his goodness, and we know that both his grace and goodness are always near to us. You see, God has now put his full glory on display for us to see so that he will be the center of our worship. And this horn that is being referenced here now serves as a reminder of the strength and the power and the victory that is found in the authority and the dominion of God himself. So let me unpack what I'm talking about for a minute. You may be here this morning and and you've sustained some losses. Maybe you're here today and you've, you've, you've known some defeat. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're dealing with some frustrations and some heartache and some confusion. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're looking around wondering, man, where are certain people right now? Why do, we, why do we not see them right now? You may be feeling defeated today. But here's the reality. As Christians, we're going to sustain some losses. But we will not nor ever will know total defeat because our God cannot and will not be defeated. God has authority over all things. And because of his authority, he will be victorious. And therefore, as his people, we will share in that victory. Next, we see the psalmist call us the saints of God. Here we are reminded that we are God's people. We have been shown both his favor and his grace. So, as his people, we have now been set apart by the blood of Jesus Christ as a part of God's plan. And again, here it is God who deserves all praise, it is God who deserves our praise because through Christ we have been redeemed and therefore we can draw near to God. So, as we gather for worship, whether it's Sunday morning or Sunday night or in our GCs, as we gather, let's remember that we come to praise him because it was God who called us to him. It was God who set us apart for him and it is God who deserves all of our praise. So as we close out this year, as we prepare for another year, and maybe you're you're walking into this next year with trepidation. You don't know what to expect from 2022. Maybe you're looking at 2022 already as 2020 part C. Will we ever overcome? Let's walk into this year recognizing that no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, it is God alone who deserves all of our praise. No matter where we're at, no matter what's happening, even if all feels lost and hopeless, it is God who still deserves all the glory. Even if we find no other reason to gather as believers, or all seems bleak within our own fellowship and within our own worship in church, let's be reminded that we have a God who still deserves all of our praise. You see, we're called to worship the God who has established kings and kingdoms. We are called to worship the God who has given order, and we are called to worship the God who has shown us his grace. He is the same God who has called the creatures below, the skies above, and the heavens from afar to gather around the throne and they praise. Him. So, as God's people, coming off Advent, coming off Christmas, truly we have much to be thankful for. So as we close out our Christmas season, let's be reminded of what God has done and let us praise him that we too were a part of his providential plan for all things. And so today and the days ahead, let's join with all of creation and shout hallelujah, praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray together.